Well, thank you very much for that welcome. Really appreciate it. I'm just going to start with a, with a reading. I'm so pleased to be here. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 10 and verse... Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. Very familiar story. But hopefully, just have a different insight into it. Because God is always fresh, isn't he, with his word. You think you know the story and then you read it and you think, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of it like that. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25. A teacher of the law came up and tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus answered him, what do the scriptures say? How do you interpret them? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as as you love yourself. You're right said Jesus. Do this and you'll live. But the teacher of the law wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, there was once a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him, stripped him, beat him up, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was going down that road. But when he saw the man, he walked by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came there and went over and looked at the man, but then walked by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was traveling that way came upon the man. When he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. He went over to him poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to the inn, where he took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Take care of him, he told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way, I'll pay you whatever else you spend on him. And Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which of these three acted as a neighbour towards the man attacked by robbers? The teacher of the law answered, uh, the one who was kind to him. Jesus replied, go and do the same. There's a man walking down the road. Suddenly, out of the blue, he's attacked, beaten up, and left for dead in the dirt and debris of the gutter, leaking his lifeblood into the dust. Help is at hand. Down the road comes a priest. The priest sees the man, notices him, and walks on hurriedly by. Why? But don't panic. There's more hope. There's a Levite coming down the road. The Levite comes down the road. The Levite sees the man. He notices him. He goes across to him. He looks at him. He stops, and then he hurries on down the road. Why? There's somebody else coming. Oh, it's a Samaritan. That's not going to be any good, is it? 
The Samaritan comes down the road. The Samaritan sees the beaten up man. He goes across to him. His heart is filled with compassion. He bandages up his wounds. He gets down in the blood and the gore and the mess and the dirt of the gutter. He pours oil and wine on to kind of healing and disinfectant. He helps him up. He puts him on his own donkey and he starts to journey with him. Why? Why did the priest hurry off down the road after seeing the man? I don't know. Perhaps he might have just been busy. He had things to do. He was, he was an important man, important meetings. Or perhaps he blamed the man. It was his fault, isn't it? Walking down the road, he should have known it was a dangerous road. Makes sense. I don't know. What do you think? Why did the Levite not stay after seeing and stopping? I don't know. Perhaps he saw the dirt and the blood and the mess and didn't want to get contaminated by it. I don't know. What do you think? Why did the Samaritan see and stop and start to journey with the man? Now, I do know the answer to that. You'll be pleased to hear. Because it says it in the Bible. Because he had compassion. He was filled, his heart was filled with pity. He sees the man, he stops, and he feels for the person. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I imagine that the first question the priest and Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But by the very nature of his concern, the Good Samaritan reversed the question. If I don't stop and help this man, what will happen to him? He sees, he stops, and he starts to journey with him on his road to health and restoration. He invests his time, his effort, his gifts, his possessions, bandage and wine, his transport, his donkey, (laughs) and his money into the beaten up man because he has compassion. And Jesus says, go and do the same. Now, when people come to Christians Against Poverty or CAP, they're beaten up and damaged by life. They're broken by poverty, debt. They're helpless. We see them. Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert, says, when people are the most vulnerable, the place I send them to is CAP because it works. We see them. We stop and pay attention to their situation, and we start to journey with them, helping their immediate needs, perhaps for gas, electricity, um, food. I mean, I had three people come to my drop-in on Friday, and I sent them all out with a friend that they all needed gas and electricity to see them through the weekend. And I'm constantly amazed, and I'm sure John can say the same, at the things clients share with us, where they say, I've never told anyone this in the rest of my life. In the whole of my life, I've never shared this with anybody. Has nobody ever listened to them before? So we see them, we stop and pay attention to them, and we start to journey with them on the road to a debt-free future, seeing healing, health, and restoration. 
I'm going to have a video now, which is Sharon's story, and I want to introduce you to Sharon. Is someone Kat found beaten up by life circumstances, and I want her to share her story with you. Thank you. Back in the past, when I was all on my own, I mean, I thought that there was never any hope, and it was always dark. I never thought, like, God would ever be able to use someone like me. Even though, like, things that's happened to me, it still felt like God had his hand on me. Through the situations that I've been in. So, to me, that's always been my dark side of my life. It's, yeah, sometimes it catches up with me. But now, it seems like now I'm living in a brighter, more bigger, more colourful life. So to me, it is like night and day. My ex-partner wouldn't let me have any money, so that's the reason why I had to take out loans, and he was taking out loans in my name as well, so, yeah, it was all down to me. That's how I started to get myself in trouble. It was because I had seven kids, that's one of the reasons back then how I didn't, why I couldn't do work, because I was either pregnant or they was all still little and I couldn't work and I felt I was stupid anyway because he used to tell me I was stupid, I was fat, I was ugly. Um, and he used to manipulate me like that so I was underneath his control until I used to run away for a little while, go into a hostel. And they only used to turn up outside the hostels and the hostels couldn't have the other women in there frightened and I had to go back to him. I had nowhere to go with the seven kids so and then that's when I started to get like a um, um, private place to live in and then um, of course as soon as I got that that's when the letters started coming um, Letitia actually answered the door to the bailiffs and they come into the house I hid in the bedroom on the bedroom floor curled up in the corner while they was actually taking my stuff out the house. So hard for me to actually see that happen and they were saying, mummy, help us. These men are taking our stuff. I was saying to them, you can take the washing machine, you can take that, but just can you leave the kids stuff alone? They wouldn't. Sorry. I hate going back there. I didn't want to live no more. How am I going to get out of this situation? And then I met this lovely lady called Esther. She was amazing, absolutely amazing. And um, I started telling her a bit about my story of my life and stuff like that. And she said, oh, I can help you. This come through today. She goes, I'm meant to help with your debts and there's not a cost. It's done by charity. I was like, what? So, no, that, that can't be true. So she goes, right, I'm going to put your name forward. But it seemed like it just happened just like that. It happened in weeks. I was like, wow, and I had my first appointment and Catherine, when she come in, she could see there was no lights in the sitting room. The curtains was closed. I had three bags of the um, uh, Shop for Life bags and big bags. I had three of them 
full of letters that's not even been opened. And yeah, and Carol and Carol and Catherine said, "Don't worry, we're sort through." And then um, just before they was leaving, they said, "Can we pray with you?" I've never prayed before in my life, never. And the warmth that come off of them too when they was praying for me was unbelievable. The only thing I could do was curl up and cry because I just felt like, wow, what has just happened to me? A whole, I just felt so warm and I felt like how much they actually cared for me. They gave me all the options. They gave me everything, every inch of the way. They was just in contact with me. Catherine was in contact with me, telling me what was going on, everything. I was constantly, I was constantly with her, like she didn't leave me. She didn't leave my side, or did Carol. I've been debt free now for about, it's about just over six years. And and them six years has been the best, I've got to say the best time of my life because I've got family, I've got friends, I've got all sorts of stuff now and I've actually got a life. I'm, I'm, I'm walking my life with God and yeah, yeah, it's amazing. seen that quite a few times but oh my goodness I also see that as John does day to day different stories but the same situation people really beaten up by life now the story of the good Samaritan is in ask is answer sorry is in answer to questions about inheriting eternal life and who is the neighbour you should love as yourself. But it actually poses more questions than it answers. Why did the priest and Levite not help? What situations caused me to hurry off as fast as my feet can take me, either physically or emotionally? If I get involved with people like that, will I be dragged down to their level? Isn't, isn't it their fault they've ended up there? It's all very costly. Do I want to pay the price for helping them? Now, Jesus doesn't say much about the priest and the Levite. They're almost background. He focuses on the Samaritan and what he did. And the key to his actions is that he cared and he didn't walk on because he had compassion for the man. And that's what Jesus calls us to emulate. Now, remember that earlier on in this chapter, Jesus is sending out his disciples two by two, um, and he's asking for workers for the harvest. But tellingly, it includes the not quite so comforting words, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Jesus does not pretend it's easy to have compassion. Look where it left him. But he does ask us to do the same. The question is not, is it comfortable, but is it right? So as the beaten up becomes the bandaged up, will we be in on the journey or will we have walked on by? So as the beaten up becomes the bandaged up, will we be in on the journey or will we have walked on by? For 25 years, Cap has chosen to be in on the journey. 
Christians Against Poverty, and I'm sure you know some of this, was started by one man who saw those in unmanageable debt and was determined to do something about it. He had compassion. He was sold out on showing God's love in action to those who were in the most need. And then John Kirkby enthused others with his vision of a battle against poverty and freedom for those trapped in its chains. And I've got a free book here that I'm giving away. Literally, I'm giving it away. Or I've got another one if you've already got this, because I know a lot of you have already got this. I'm giving this away. Just catch me afterwards and I will give this to you. And this shows John's God-given, really, gift and vision for helping the poor and how that's transformed this country um, and many, many lives. And I myself became inspired by CAP with its twin tracks of freedom from debt and poverty and freedom to know Jesus. Um, and, and then as people experience his love and forgiveness and are welcomed, it's just fantastic. <coughs> Excuse me. And I joined CAP eight and a half years ago. And I know from sharing with you guys back in 2016 and also chatting to John a little bit in between, that you are very much in on the journey. I know in a sense I'm preaching to the converted. Um, you've been helping those beaten up by life circumstances for five, six years. You've run a debt centre for some years. And I want to say a massive thank you. Thank you. It really does transform lives. But there might be one or two things that you can think of that perhaps you haven't thought of that might you think, oh, but I could do that. Or I hadn't thought of it like that. So as a debt centre manager, like John, I see people like Sharon firsthand, and I have the amazing privilege of starting to journey with them. I help them collect their paperwork. Oh, the paperwork. Some people have bags of it. One person's burnt the lot. So I gather the paperwork and their financial information. I send it off to CAP for their debt solution. And the debt advisors make sense of it all, send it back to me with a route out of debt, financial statement. And then we work with them, we stick with them, they go debt free and we celebrate. It sounds easy, doesn't it? It sounds wonderful. But John will assure me, I'm, I'm sure John will tell you as well, that actually it's hard and dirty and messy. Lives are full of tragedy and despair. And you have great hopes for someone and then they just can't cope with it. And then you work with work and work and then it's like, it's hard. But I, John, the local church, you, and Bradford, together are with them the whole way. And is it worthwhile? Yes. The demeanour of newly debt people change. Their heads go up, their shoulders go back, they look you in the face. Once again, they can walk with their heads held high. Does it sound the test of time? Yes. What percentage of those who get out of debt do you think stay out of debt? It changes a tiny bit year to year, but it's 94, 95, 96%. That's massive. Folks, get out of debt and stay out of debt. Now, if this resonates with you, or for someone you know, please 
catch me afterwards or catch John, get a leaflet. What I would really hope is that everyone has the 0800 number to ring CAP in their phone or in their diary, wherever they are. Because one thing I think perhaps that, that maybe is something that we're perhaps not so hot on is remembering that people need to know about CAP to come. And I know John isn't as full as he could be. So you may have access to places John hasn't got. So you might be connected with a school or a GP surgery or go to a local retirement group or a knitting club or a golfing or whatever it might be. Tell people about CAP because one in nine people are in unmanageable debt. And in order for us to see them, we need all of you to make sure you're getting the word out there. Don't assume because someone looks all right, they are all right. And even if they are all right, they might know someone who isn't all right. So get the word out there so that John is absolutely full and as many people as possible get helped and started on the journey. Um, CAP also looks at some of the causes of poverty. So there's job clubs and there's life skill courses as well for those on a low income. And there's CAP money education courses to help people with better budget management. And to quote Martin Luther King Jr. again, CAP also makes the road safer by getting involved at a government and big company level, seeking to get good, vulnerable client policies and changes or impact at a higher level. But the bit I absolutely love, that God's compassion for the poor and ignored, blows their minds. And many of them give their lives to Jesus and start the Christian journey too, finding a home in the local church where they can have restoration and hope so they can come here and find the love and the fellowship and the welcome. I've been doing two Alpha courses recently because we had a, a client event and we had quite a few people make decisions and it's all been quiet. I haven't been able to tell people about Jesus in such an open way. And I've got one lady and she came on the course and I give her Why Jesus for the first, you know, Alpha course there's a Why Jesus. She's one of my clients. I've only had one visit with her at this point. And what I didn't know was she went home, read it and said the prayer and her life was changed. Three weeks later, we're doing the bit about... Um, open the door of your heart to God. And she's going, the door's wide open to heaven. And I'm kind of thinking, that's not quite the analogy. And she said, yeah, since I said the prayer in the back of the book, the door's wide open to heaven. And I'm kind of, whoa, that's fantastic. She said, I didn't, I didn't know who to tell. And I sort of went, me? <laughs> and then, then I said to her, is it all right if I tell Cap so they can pray for you and praise God for you? And she went, I didn't know anyone would be interested. That makes it 10 times better. And she's been coming on the course. She's been looking after, just because she's a loving, caring person and because she's so enthused, she's been looking after someone else on the course that I've been working with for about seven years. I don't mean she's been in, in debt the whole time. We've got her out of debt, but, but she needs continual support and I've been trying to persuade her to come to Jesus. She made friends with her. and well, she, Actually, it was the other way around. Um, this lady was drawn to this, this lady who's just become a Christian. And they made really good friends. And then we had the away day, and, and people were really touched by the Holy Spirit, including both these ladies. 
Then on Monday, so we're talking Monday just past, we'd finish the Alpha, we'd do a breakfast Alpha, we'd finish the Alpha, and these two ladies and I sat down with a bit of cake and a cup of tea, and I helped the brand new Christian lead the other lady to Jesus after seven years. Yes. And this lady suffers from depression, has really struggled. She's just not been able to cope with life. She's had her children taken into care because of her mental health. She's a lovely, lovely lady. It's not because she's been bad. It's just she couldn't cope. And suddenly she's giggling like a teenager again. She's smiling. She's laughing. That is not her. So that is what CAP does. Now, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus for themselves, please talk to me, talk to someone. Don't go out of here without finding out more because I would strongly recommend it. Like I've said, it's not easy, but it's worth it. So, I love my job. (laughs) Does CAP work? Yes. The Samaritan was committed. He gave up his time. He used his resources, his donkey, his bandages, his oil, and he made a commitment to ongoing financial support. So I know many of you are life changers, but I would like to invite you, if you're not, or if you are and want to increase your giving, to see if you might be prepared to give so that we at CAT, because we need regular financial support to see more clients like Sharon and like this couple I've just told you, restored and redeemed. And we call our givers life changers because that's exactly what they are. You change lives. The lives of Sharon, the lives of this lady I told you about, and the lives of the other lady I told you about. All of them came through CAP. Um, So if you don't yet and would like to join us and be in on the journey by giving £5 a month today, and I just want to say it's above and beyond what you give to your church, Um, or if you want to increase your regular giving, please catch me afterwards. And if you give today, whatever you give today, we've got match funding for, so it will double at no extra cost to you um, if you give before the end of December. And you've got forms here. You can just fill them in. If you're not a life changer and you'd like to be a life changer, fill in the details. Or if you don't want to give money at this time, but you'd like to get on the mailing list so you can pray. Absolutely vital prayer. I met somebody who's one of the prayers here. I don't know where she is. But that's so important that we've got people praying. Um, Fill it in. Then you can get regular details so you can pray. And if you fill the form in, don't forget the vital GDPR stuff along the top. Otherwise, we can't contact you. And then just give it to me at the table afterwards. Um, So, because of God's compassion and Cap's response to that love, the beaten up becomes the bandaged up. And Jesus concluded, go and do the same. Will we be in on the journey. Thank you.